0: J.M. and the a.m. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos live from Jerusalem. Koran Publishers Jerusalem is one of the world's leading Jewish publishing houses based in the heart of Jerusalem. Their story began in 1962 with the release of the Koran Tanakh, the first Hebrew Bible to be entirely produced by Jews in 500 years. Known for its textual precision and elegant design, the Koran Tanakh won accolades Throughout the world, since that time, Koren has expanded its publications to texts that range the entire Jewish canon, along with works on biblical scholarship, Jewish philosophy, Jewish history, and the weekly Torah portion by leading scholars in today's Jewish world. Today, Koren is best known for the award-winning Koren Sacks Siddur and Koren Talmud Bavli with commentary by Rabbi Adin Even Yisrael Steinsaltz, and Koren is now offering the Talmud. Reference package for free when you purchase a set of the Noe edition Koran Talmud Bavli. The Talmud reference package includes all necessary tools to enhance your Gemara learning, including Hamafteach, the Practical Talmud Dictionary, the Gemara card, and Steinzaltz's revised reference guide. The 42-volume set is now available at the introductory price of $1,600 with free shipping from koranpub.com. Prices are going up after the Siyam. Special for the Siyam ask get all of Masecha's brachos for just $30. Koran's now offering the Noe edition Koren Talmud, Mesechas brachos in color or black and white for just $30. See korenpub.com for details. korenpub.com for details. Rabbi Avishai Magenza is the uh, uh, is the curator for the Noe edition Koren Talmud Bavli and is the production manager of all Koren projects. He's been a guest of ours before when we visited Koren headquarters here in Jerusalem. We're on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Siegel Network to see this conversation as it takes place. Facebook.com uh, slash Nachum Siegel Network. Rabbi again. So, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Morning. I have to say Mazel Tov to you, don't I? Because uh, the Shas is now complete yeah. and you and the entire staff and these scholars that have worked so hard for many, many years. It would be uh, actually a seven, eight year project, right?
1: Right, yeah. a little more than uh, the seven and a half years that it takes to complete Shas, uh, because obviously we were working on Brachot uh, before the beginning of uh, last cycle.
0: Right, and did you ever fear that you might miss one of these deadlines with all the different volumes that were coming out?
1: <laughs> so absolutely, yeah. We, we were never uh, you know just uh, sure of ourselves. Uh, we took uh, great measures to make sure that uh, we can meet the, the deadlines. And uh, it is with tremendous siyata dishmaya that uh, we really made it. We did not miss a single volume. Amazing.
0: On time. Last night at the Siyam HaShah Sabin Yanei HaOma, Koran had an amazing presence. Uh, Beautiful booths, um, people going around, uh, giving out gifts and encouraging people to sample the new new, um, um, Talmud Bavli, Mm -hmm. uh, to get a taste of it. Because this coming Sunday, we're now two days away from the actual start of Mesechet Brachot, mm-hmm. from the actual start of Shas. Again, are, are you feeling the energy that many people in the Jewish world are actually gravitating toward this Dafyomi project for the next cycle?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm generally, um, my, my general sense is that uh, Daf Yomi as a movement is gaining more and more momentum. Um, I myself am uh, privileged uh, to be teaching Dafyomi a number of times a week. And I see the diverse uh, crowd that comes to uh, to the shirim, and uh, I think it is becoming more and more uh, popular. And definitely, this is um, this is a uh, book that can help uh, people access people of all different uh, backgrounds access uh, the dafyami.
0: No question about it. Rabbi Avi Shemagens is with us. All right, um, you have selected a specific part of the Talmud in mm-hmm. order to do your presentation this morning. How did you arrive at the area of Talmud that you wanted to share with our listeners this morning?
1: So I wanted to uh, take something which uh, will come up in uh, DAF Yomi relatively soon. Okay. So this is uh, the DAF uh, that we're going to be learning next Thursday. Um, so it's within, uh, within a week. And I selected uh, a DAF which on the one hand um, showcases our use of colorful images and uh, background notes, um, and including um, a, a halachic aspect, and also an agada aspect, right. right? As we know in the Talmud, besides many uh, halachic Jewish law uh, discussions, we have what we call agada, which is more of the you know philosophy, um, maybe even uh, mysticism at times. Um, and Masechet uh, Brachot is very interesting in that it includes both of right. these. It's a lot uh, of both. <laughs> yeah, a lot a lot of both.
0: Do you have scholars who are specialists in halakha and scholars who are specialists in Agada?
1: So absolutely, yes. And I think that generally, I- I've seen this, you know, teaching Dafyomi, where a lot of times people feel, oh, you know, Agada is like mm-hmm. the fun stuff. Because right. it's it's. It's considered easy. You can just kind of like, you know, run through, uh, it. Run through it. But really, when you stop to think about it, um, really understanding how the rabbis are learning these different verses. What are the you know, deeper ideas behind um, what they're saying? And also, as we'll see today, how they arrived at the, you know, the conclusions and and these uh, beautiful ideas that they're conveying, uh, in a sense, I think it might be even more difficult and more time-consuming right. if one would
0: learn agadah in depth um, and not just uh, halakha. It's funny because even growing up when we were first introduced to the Talmud, many rabbanim would say that to us, mm-hmm. that for some of you, might you might think this is easier, but if you really take this seriously, you might find it the more difficult aspect right, of right. the Talmud. Right, absolutely. All absolutely. right, so it, this is the daf that's gonna to be studied on Thursday, as you mm-hmm. said, from Masechet Brachot. Let me point out to our listeners, in addition to being on Facebook, facebook.com slash Segal Network, what you have done in terms of color coding for us, you actually color coded mm-hmm. in advance mm-hmm. this page, is on our app right now. So if someone goes to the Nahum Segal Network app, you will see in the background of the app the actual page uh, that Ravavishai is going to uh, study with us. And, uh, and really, by way of you studying this with us through this uh, short shiur, if you will, uh, we're going to get an idea of what makes this Steinsaltz Koran Talmud Bavli mm-hmm. unique. Mm-hmm. Because what you're doing for us here, one cannot find in any other edition of any Talmud, correct? Right, correct. All right, so let's get started. What are we, what are we, what are we studying here?
1: Um, so we're going to start with the third paragraph here on uh, the page. This is uh, Daf 6b in uh, Brachot. Um, So, what we're going to do here, I'm going to read the Hebrew, and anyone who wants can follow uh, with the English. As you'll notice, um, there's bold text in the English and uh, regular text. The bold text is basically the uh, direct translation of the Hebrew Aramaic, and the uh, regular text
0: is... Um, like more explanatory text. Um, That's the supplemental words that help you understand what the uh, actual um, uh, strict text is telling us, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. And... Um, you can try this for yourself if you just read the bold text only it will make sense i'm not you know right. I cannot say that <laughs> it will definitely uh, uh, be grammatically correct but it will it will make sense you 'll be able to um, to get the gist of things um, so the third paragraph is okay so our translation is that once a person um, becomes needy and um, needs other people's assistance, so his face changes like a kirum, right? Specifically, uh, a Hebrew word um, mentioned in uh, in the pasuk. Um, okay, so you read that, kind of um, not not exactly sure what a kirum is. So the the gemara continues, my kirum, right? What is this uh, kirum? Right, there is a bird, right, in the cities of the sea called Ikrum. So abroad, right, where Chazal are in uh, Bavel, Right. And they are saying that abroad, you can find um, this beautiful bird called Ikrum. And when the sun, the sun rises, so it changes its colors. Right, So this sounds like something kind of, you know, magical, maybe mystical, right? This is something that we might uh, encounter in, in maybe like a, a fantasy story, this uh, bird that changes colors. Um, so I think that most people, the classic way of learning, you would go through this and say, okay, you know, this, this nice idea in Chazal, easy, Agadeta. I understood the words, I understood the connection between the words, now I can um, continue. However, here, if you take a look at the uh, background note that I uh, highlighted, um, it seems that this bird can be identified as the shining starling. I actually found this, like I, I you know, um, searched it on Google. There are different names for this. And this is a, also something amazing to it's point out. It's a real out. bird. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's a real bird. But what, what amazes me, and also this has been you know, throughout the, the process of um, you know, when I was uh, handling the the content. This is a translation of Rothsteindelt's work right. forty years ago.
0: He's already said this, he's already they, established this. They
1: did not have Wikipedia. Right. No Google. They to did look not at. have
0: Google. Right. They
1: actually knew this stuff. You could not pretend that, you know, oh, you know, you're this great scholar. You actually had to know these things. Um, and it really is amazing when you see how accurate they were. However, we did um, go ahead and at times um, update the notes based on information that, uh, that we have available today. Um, and, Such uh, as what?
0: Location of the bird and things like that? Like so sometimes, you know, details. sometimes
1: you, yeah, exactly. You can change details right. or, um, you know, maybe update uh, if there's a more common name, right? So, like in this note, we have um, the, like the common name, Shining Starling, and we also have the, um, the Latin name. So sometimes, you know, the, the common name might, uh, might change and it, you know, be more accessible to people um, today.
0: And I assume the photograph on the page of the Talmud is a photograph of that bird.
1: Exactly. Right? So it's a photograph of that bird. So you can see the the beauty and the and the color of it. But if you look, if you read the note itself, what's interesting is towards the end of the note, um, it says that uh, this this bird, the 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 color of this bird is unique, in that it is not pigmented, meaning it's not the actual color of the bird, rather rather the the um, biological structure of its feathers causes the the light that hits it right. to fracture in, in a way that may, that gives you the illusion of colors changing. So it's all about the sunlight. Exactly. It's the way the, the sunlight uh, hits this. If you want to read more about this, um, so Dr. Moshe Rahanan wrote an article online um, and he references the, the Hebrew Steinzalt and, and expands on this. And I find this very interesting because it turns it from something that you feel, okay, maybe Chazal kind of maybe made up something and, or just you know, to, to convey an idea. They didn't actually refer to something in the physical wor- world.
0: However, exists. you see,
1: they are traveling. They're going places. They're seeing things, and they're incorporating that into their learning. That is a very deep educational message. They're not just like this. Um, idea that sometimes people have, okay, you know, the rabbi sat in the Beit Midrash all day long, Morning to night, uh, their entire lives, and you know, never reference the actual world. No, they're looking at the same bird that you and I can look at and say, "Wow, you know, they looked at this bird and took a message from it. Maybe I myself can, you know, find some uh, some deep message in that." So I think that's already a very um, you know deep educational message and connects this to real life. This We're is not just
0: a book. We're speaking to Rabbi Avi Shaimagensa, who is the content curator for the Noe Edition, current Talmud Bavli and production manager of all current projects you made a point and i'm so glad you brought it up because i wanted to emphasize it to our listeners because many of them are familiar with the hebrew steinzeltz gemara that came out many many years ago the, the scholars were assigned when it came to this project to literally translate that mm-hmm. you weren't looking for them to add to it you wanted them to take what steinzeltz had already done mm-hmm. and bring it to light obviously in english as well that was a major part of the project Uh, And I think that's important to note that this Mm -hmm. was a that if you want authentic Steinsaltz, Mm -hmm. this is authentic Steinsaltz. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is not the scholars at Corin, you know, putting their spin on anything.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, However, I do I do have to add that at times, Ruf Steinsaltz, um, primarily to my understanding, what he tried to achieve was to uh, get past the linguistic barrier. Um, th- that you find in the Talmud, so that Israeli um, scholars would be able to access the the Talmud. Therefore, when things are clear in Hebrew, he often left uh, left it un, um, unexplained, right. right? So you would have to you would still have to you know think deeply and try to understand what the interpretation is. However, in English, we had to really translate every word, of course. And therefore, at times, also add the explanatory text. So, in a sense, it is actually more accessible to people um, without uh, a background.
0: Whereas the Hebrew Steinsaltz um, does have like that extra step. Because, because I said. assume Rav Steinsaltz, uh, when he started uh, his project, um, felt he was speaking to somebody, right? I, I assume the average Israeli, so mm-hmm. to speak who was somewhat familiar with Hebrew and whose Hebrew, right, because of their knowledge of Hebrew, would help them through Chumash, through the Talmud, a little bit more than somebody whose first language was not Hebrew.
1: Absolutely. And also, I think that, you know, in Israel, it's sort of, um, my, my sense is that there are many phrases from the Talmud, including in Aramaic, right. that are considered, like, high register. So, whereas, right, if someone if someone in, you know, speaking English is using, like, a Latin phrase to, to kind of uh, give it like a higher register. Mm-hmm. So in Israel, what you would do, okay, for example, if you're listening to a judge being interviewed on the radio, you might hear him quote um, different phrases from the Talmud and Aramaic. So the, it's it's generally, uh, you know, someone who's well-educated in Israel um, has some access already to the language of Chazal, to, uh, to the concept. And um, the major barrier would be to, to get past the, the language uh, barrier. So that's what Ruf uh was trying to do. And we took it a step forward, I think, um, and made this accessible to
0: really, really anyone. Uh, is there a lot of debate about English phrases? Or is there a lot of debate mm. of, oh, Riff wrote this in Hebrew, here is how it really should be translated into English, and then this becomes an issue, so to speak, among your staff?
1: Yeah, so definitely there were many, many uh, discussions of uh, of that type. Uh, what we ended up doing is we had our editor-in-chief uh, make the final the decisions, final decisions <laughs> and then we used uh, custom-made software um, for the editors and translators to be able to access the, this, this database, right? Because obviously we didn't have one person going through all of Shas, uh, that w- we would not be able to do that within uh, this time frame. So in order to make sure that everyone is on the same page and using the same translations for the same phrases found, out, found throughout Shas, uh, so we used custom-made uh, software to, uh, to implement that. What else do you want to show us from the page itself? Um, so, if you go um, a few paragraphs uh, down, where I've highlighted this uh, too, um, so we find a uh, a more halachic uh, discussion. Although this isn't really, um, you know, the cl- a classic halachic discussion in the sense of that we'll have. Uh, differences of opinion, rather a, a halachic statement. So again, you can follow um, in the English while I read the, the Hebrew. Right? So he says you must be uh, careful, Right. our translation is uh, vigilant uh, with regard to the, uh, the afternoon prayer, right? To make sure um, to daven Mincha on time. Um, and if you take a look at uh, at the note here, quoting uh, Kliakar, uh he points out that the reason mincha is singled out is because it occurs in the middle of the day. Most of us are extremely busy. We're at work. We're doing things. we our kids and, and The most and everything inconvenient tefillah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Although I, I, I heard once a joke about uh, mincha that it says, uh, tfilot avotiknum, right? That the the our forefathers are the ones who instituted the tfilot because then, right, a man can say to the, sorry, got to go to Shoal you right. know, and uh, kind of just uh, disappears. Um, so we have to uh, we have to be vigilant uh, with regard to uh, to mincha because it really is uh, inconvenient, um, and that is the time where we we stop everything we're doing and remember that there is uh, more meaning and depth to um, our lives, and I, I actually. Think that this is uh, really appropriate for um, the beginning of the cycle of dafyomi, where um, you know many many people who study dafyomi right. it, it is never convenient. <laughs> I know this from experience. A lot of it, people
0: do it early early morning or late late at night, right? Or on the train, right. or you
1: know at work in you know, in the middle of the day. Take off uh, some time during lunch hour. Um, and it, you always have to make time for it actively. It is a it, it is not something that you can just spend uh, you know a few minutes on. You really have to delve deeper into. Although I was thinking that actually, if you take a look at the structure of the way we've uh, we've laid out uh, the page, we've br- th- I think this is really innovative in terms of breaking up the talmud into paragraphs, mm-hmm. right? So it's bite-sized pieces. So if you really do not have an hour you know, a full hour to sit down um once a day. What you could do is you could reference um uh, single paragraphs as a bite sized piece. Sure right and just and just learn that piece and then you know you have another five minutes later Mm -hmm. on the day you can learn like the next piece the next two pieces and and therefore get through the because if you look at a classic Vilna daf um oftentimes it's intimidating it's like a very huge thing like how am I ever going to get through this um and I think generally that's a that's a you know a very very well accepted method of uh, productivity is taking a huge task and breaking it down into smaller pieces and in a very visual way we We've done that here for, uh, for people.
0: Do we have a stat, uh, on average, how many Steinsalts, Talmud, Bavli, pages to the average daf? Do you have any idea usually? Um,
1: so I'm, I'm sure we do. I do not have that uh, What would you think? Like, it's around
0: what? Like, in this area of the Talmud it would be around six, seven pages?
1: I would guess something like that, because again, the fact that we that we did this uh, very, you know, um, open layout right. with so much uh, white space, so definitely we have to, I'd say it's it's probably about that, you know, about three times the, the size of the original uh, Talmud.
0: It is always a pleasure to speak to you, and Mazal Tov, the, the accomplishment is absolutely incredible. Incredible, and the yeah, Jewish world, so. as you know, is taking notice and really taking advantage of it, especially now with the brand new cycle of Dafiyomi. Todah rabati. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Rabbi Avisha Magenza. Uh, and best to your family, by the way. Don't forget the Seagulls and the Magensas go way back. <laughs> thank you. And I hope they're still uh, St. Louis Cardinal fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> More coming up. This is JM in the AM, and we are live at the uh, Inbal Hotel in Yerushalayim as we continue on a Friday, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM.